right now time for our personal finance expert, Mary Holm. Hi, Mary. Hello, Jesse. Great to have you in. And, Thank you. Um, you've got an interesting one for us today. And I mentioned this yesterday when I was um, promoting your interview. Is that um, a few years ago, probably share markets and stocks seemed like something that other people did that didn't really apply to um, to yeah. New Zealanders. But since... KiwiSaver has really taken off. I think most people understand now that if they've got money in KiwiSaver, certainly in those higher risk funds, that they probably do have some exposure to share markets. Yes, yeah, a lot, a lot more people do now. And also, I think the online platforms have made it so much easier oh, yeah, for yeah. you know the hatch hatch invest now shares these those mm. have made it a lot easier for democratized people. it. Yeah, to get into shares, which is which is great. Um, and I was just looking at some some data the other day that showed that in the last three years, the New Zealand share market had gone almost nowhere and mm. for over three years. It was, when you go back three years, we were sort of halfway out of that terrible plunge we went into at the beginning with COVID. Yeah. Um, we were halfway out again. It was the bottom of it was in March, I think. Um and then it, it took was a major, a few major panic. When, yeah, when no and, one knew what that COVID lockdown was going to look like and what what it was going yeah. to lead to. And the share market just plunged, yeah. yeah. um, but but recovered remarkably quickly. But then, um, so when we're looking back three years now, we're looking back to November twenty twenty, and since then it was just something I read somewhere that the New Zealand share market's gone pretty much nowhere, and Aust- meanwhile Australia and America have gone up more than 10%. And when I actually looked at it this morning, they're more like, uh, America was up over 20% in, in that three years, mm. actually. Um, so so it depends when you look, of course. But um, the point I'm wanting to make here is absolutely not that everyone should get out of the New Zealand share market and into the Aussie and or American one. It's just that we should be thinking beyond... New Zealand shares, mm. and we, when we're doing our share investing, whether it be directly in shares, although not many people do that, but in the, as you say, in the middle to higher risk KiwiSaver funds and non-KiwiSaver funds, um, they'll all hold some shares. And it's a really great idea if you're in a fund that's got a lot of international shares. I mean, for one thing, if you're only in New Zealand, you miss out. There's a lot of industries that really aren't represented in the New Zealand share market or not much. And you're dependent on one economy, how well it does. So uh, I find, I've found over the years when people say, OK, all right, I'll go offshore a bit, yeah. they tend to go to Australia. And it's a funny thing that it must be, I think people think, oh, Australia's kind of safe and they won't do anything <laughs> too weird, you know. Um, but I wouldn't suggest going into Australia and particularly. I mean, there's no, nothing wrong with going into Australia, but there's no particular reason to go into Australia. Mm. Um, nor any other country that's done well lately. In fact, I sent you a table this morning that I yeah. use sometimes in, in seminars I run where I looked at, we took took the 10 biggest share markets in the world, plus Australia and New Zealand, and looked at who did best and who did worst since 1986, I think it was, or 85. Um, and it's all over the place. 
every country that was on the list has come first sometimes, mm-hmm. and every country that was on the list has come last sometimes. Yes. And the thing that's most remarkable is the number of times a country that did was the best out of all of those in one year, the following year was the worst. <laughs> and then the opposite. You get some that were the worst um, out of all, yeah. and the following year they were the best. And we had, at one point we had Canada and China, I think it was, Swap or Australia and China swapping places. They went, one went from best to worst, and one went from worst to best about ten or twelve years ago. Um, the point is that picking any any share market and looking at how well it's done and saying, "Oh, I'm going to go and invest in that market," is a fool's game. I mean, I think <laughs> what often happens is that there's a boom in in a country, and in fact, the biggest. Um, performance of any market out of all of these countries over all of those years was New Zealand in the mid-80s when there was a return of 111%. Yeah, eight, um, 86 in New Zealand was looking fantastic. Yes, so 100, over 100%, 100% return means your money doubled. Yeah. And um, and then a year later, it was one of the worst, minus 44. So um, so that's what can happen. A country mm. can get very boomy and everybody rushes into shares and then it, and then it crashes and people overreact and the markets mm. go down mm. and they overreact. And then quite often they'll come back up again because they overreacted. You know. So the, the point I'm trying to make is that picking a market and saying, picking a different country and saying, I'm going to go into that market is a bit of a mugs game. It can quite often turn on you. Uh, So it's far better to just go into the whole world. Mm. And the way you can do that is through KiwiSaver and other funds that invest in all the shares in in an international share market index. And so they're typically about half or more American because those indexes are just the biggest companies Mm -hmm. in the world and a whole lot of them are American, mm-hmm. just because that's such a massive economy. But um, you'll also you just get a nice spread of all of all the uh, markets around the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want to buy individual international shares, you can do that much more easily these days than you used to be able to through the online platforms I was mentioning. Um, but I think it's better for nearly everybody just to go into a fund mm. that diversifies across across the world uh, through KiwiSaver or outside KiwiSaver. If you're thinking, oh, you're all right, I'm going to look into this, have a look at your KiwiSaver provider and see if they've got a fund that's called International Share Fund or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the providers do. Some of them are, are much simpler and they only have sort of three funds of middle, low and yeah. high risk or something like that. And their high risk fund will probably have quite a lot of international shares in it. But I would suggest people, if you can't easily get the information on on in KiwiSaver, if you can't easily find out how many shares in their, what, say their growth fund are international, ask them, email them or phone them and... If they don't give you a good answer fast, I would say move to another provider because they should be able to do that sort of thing. Um, and a good a good provider will make that information readily available to you. Um, now, a lot of people might listen to this and say, yeah, all right, go into international shares, perhaps in my KiwiSaver, but they don't want to be in a high-risk fund. 
Uh, and my response to that would be, well, give it a go with a little bit of your money. Mm-hmm. So every KiwiSaver provider except two little ones, AE and then Juno, well, Juno's middle-sized, and Simplicity, which is a larger one, they won't let you, those three will not let you be in more than one fund. Huh. But every other provider will or every other one that's available to the general public will. And so what I would suggest to people is put, say, 10%, move, say, 10% of your KiwiSaver money into their, their fund that's got the most international shares in it. And, and then if it does wobble around, because it will wobble around, it doesn't matter too much because it's only a small amount of your money. But you, you should find over time that it'll perform better than... A lower risk fund. So yeah. you're suggesting that even even given your usual advice, which is you pick a fund based on how soon you're going to need the money, yes. you think it's worthwhile just as a almost as a demonstration to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you are planning to spend all your KiwiSaver money shortly, perhaps on a first home, then no, I wouldn't do that. But as long as you've got um, eight to ten years or more before you're going to spend the money, then you know get into get into international shares and and um, see how it goes. It, it's um now the next question that comes up. There's two questions that tend to come up about this. One is about hedging, because people will see that international shares are hedged and that you, there's usually writing about that somewhere on the on the fund literature. Um, and but not everyone knows what that means. Basically, if it's a fully hedged fund, it means that your investments will not be affected by changes in the Kiwi dollar, changes in the value of the Kiwi dollar yeah. versus other currencies. Um, some funds are fully hedged, some are half hedged, and a few are not hedged at all. And hedging generally reduces your risk um, because... It can exaggerate movements. I mean, if you are in an international share fund and international shares are doing really well, and meanwhile the New Zealand dollar is falling, that means the value of your international shares is going up even more. Yeah. Um, but the trouble is it can go the other way too. Mm-hmm. You can have the markets falling and then the Kiwi dollar goes... I always have to stop and think about this. Mm. The Kiwi dollar goes... Gets stronger. Up, yes, yeah. gets stronger. So that means that your international... Um, shares are going down against the Kiwi dollar as well. And and so hedging, so that's if you're not hedged mm. when you get that kind of exaggeration. So I think in general for most New Zealanders, probably a good idea to go with at least half hedged, if not fully hedged. Um, except there's one exception to this, and that is that you're, if you're thinking about your spending in retirement, a lot of people end up spending... If, assuming you've already got a home and it's mortgage-free, so you're one of the more privileged people, um, you're quite likely to spend a fair bit of your retirement money on international travel and on imported goods. might be cars or camper vans or, or music and books yeah. and all that sort yeah. of stuff that's imported. And to the extent you're going to spend on international travel and imported goods, it's good to have your money in... In, in an international share fund that's not hedged because it, it means that it's not going to get affected by movements in the Kiwi dollar. Um, so, for example, um, 
if the Kiwi rises and your savings fall, then you don't mind too much because the cost of imports and travel have mm. gone down anyway. You're doing your Is own it? hedging. Yes, 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 in a way you are. Because one of your investments, you want the dollar to go down and another one you want it to go yes. up. So whatever happens, you'll stay That's on it. Right. Yes, 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 That's yes. pretty tricky, Mary. Look at it. Look at us. It's a bit... Hard for people to get their heads around, but... Yeah, because um, Carolyn's just texted to ask you what hedge means, um, which yes. you've sort of been explaining, but... It, it's, it's... They use financial instruments to do it, but don't worry about that. It's taking away the effect of the movements of the New Zealand dollar on your international shares or international bonds. It's a little bit of insurance, bonds. isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. I, I'm, it, I'm just realising that I when I was talking about people approaching retirement and planning to spend on travel and imports. Mm. Um, in that case, you should not hedge. Sorry, I think I spoke wrongly about that. It's good to not hedge because yeah. you want... I think that's the message the I got. Yeah. Was it? Oh, good. You want the Kiwi to... When the Kiwi goes up... Yeah. Because um, you're sort of... I, I think I completed your thought. Because you're sort of hedging yourself anyway yes. by having investments in two different you've places. Got, where... One way to think about it is you've got... The money overseas, and that's where you're going to be doing your spending. So your money's in international shares, or bonds, actually. Um, and then you're spending overseas if you do international travel or if you buy imported goods. You're basically spending overseas. Mm. And so it's better to have the money sitting there overseas not being affected by movements in the Kiwi. It's It's... Because the spending won't be affected either. Gosh, I hope I'm not making this even worse. <laughs> well, that was sort of extra for experts, wasn't it, Mary? Yeah. Uh, yes, it is really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, I was there if, right to the very end. <laughs> yes, if that, if that sounds too confusing, don't worry about yeah. it. Um, the, another another criticism that I sometimes get is, look, is it, you're being disloyal to New Zealand. You know, shouldn't we be investing in our own companies? And... I have some sympathy with that, but uh, we've got to remember the vulnerability of this economy to a major earthquake or a major eruption or an outbreak of an agricultural disease like mm -hmm. foot and mouth or something. There, there are things that can happen to New Zealand that can really, really hurt our economy. And if we've got all our investments in New Zealand as well, then they're going to get hurt as well. And... I would maintain the country's actually better off if most of us have got some of our investments overseas mm -hmm. not being affected by the bad thing that's happened to our economy mm -hmm. because all New Zealanders are all part of the economy and you know if we've got some wealth offshore that that helps so I don't think it's just loyal I think it's um and you know of course it's good to have some investments in New Zealand shares but we don't need the whole lot yeah, and this is sort of outside of this conversation, but um, I've heard an interview and I've done some interviews over the last couple of weeks with uh, Sam Stubbs from Simplicity oh, yes. and uh, and the other guy, James Palmer from um, Community Housing Finance, I think they call it Community yes. Finance. Anyway, both of them are of the opinion that we've got all this KiwiSaver money round and KiwiSaver funds should be more bold about not investing overseas at looking for investment opportunities here in New Zealand. Yes. They're not talking about the share market, but they're talking about things like community housing and yeah. infrastructure and other opportunities for a New Zealand home 
which is just an interesting yes, I would, and I wouldn't argue against no. that. Um, it's more to the extent you're going to invest in shares, they don't have to be in Kiwi companies. Yeah. But but yes, investing in other things in New Zealand is 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 all good. It's something to weigh up, really. But I don't think it's selfish and disloyal to go offshore, okay. as would be my conclusion. Someone, yeah. uh, I'll give you a chance to answer this, says, Mary, having a mortgage-free home isn't necessarily a privilege. It can be a result of working hard and sacrificing holidays oh, yeah. and other luxuries. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, I do. You, you might have said they were lucky if they um, um, and look, if they were mortgage-free. It's, it's both. I think, you know, the, the yeah, a lot of people it is through working hard, but there's still often a bit of luck in there and having a job that pays reasonably well or or, or whatever. But I, I didn't mean to offend people. <laughs> yes. um, just one other thing, just last time I said next time I'll look at um, different KiwiSaver providers and their, their flexibility mm. in, in their offerings. And I thought oh, I've done too much directly about KiwiSaver Lately, so I thought we'll branch out into something a bit broader this time into international shares in general. But I'll come back to that next time. Thank you. Yeah, great to see you. Thanks, Jeff. You can catch up with my previous interviews with Mary on our website. She's on the podcast page, got her own podcast uh, on the RNZ website or via the RNZ app. Mary Holm, H O L M, uh, and she'll be back in a couple of weeks. Our personal finance expert.